And that's the first track of our guest presenter this Sunday morning. What a great track. I have to say, one of my favorites of all time, Hugh Masakela and Tanai. Who is our guest today? Well, he's got a corporate path that has taken him from Denise Raitt's attorneys to Gallo Music Africa to Sony Music Entertainment. He founded Hater Records. He was an executive head at Vodacom South Africa. And then he moved on to a very interesting space. He moved on to an organization called the Dramatic Artistic and Literary Rights Organization, Delro, which talks, of course, to so much. It talks to our intellectual property, our property that we as artists have, what happens to it and who has a right to it. IP is a question that is under huge debate in South Africa at the moment and globally as well, not just in the entertainment sector, but more broadly as well. So it's a real delight to have Lazarus Sorobe, the managing director of Dolro, on the line. Lazarus, uh, je parle avec toi en Paris. You got me there, Michel. <laughs> I can only say <laughs> very little. My Bonjour. French is very well. Bonjour. 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 So, Laz, you are in Paris right now. And um, why? We're talking to you in Paris. What are you doing there? Um Michel, I'm actually in Paris en route to Brussels, where a meeting of uh, like uh, organizations like Dalro are meeting in a conference yeah. from tomorrow. Uh, it's called the IFRO, International Federation of Reprographic Rights Organizations. Yeah. Uh, and Dalro is a member thereof. It's a, it deals internationally with what uh, Dalro deals with in South Africa, which is the protection of copyrights yeah okay so let's we'll get on to that in one second but we actually do always ask our guest presenter on the show their first choice of song Hugh Masekela's yeah. tonight great choice you had everybody in the studio dancing so um thank you that, that was the plan <laughs> <laughs> it worked it worked <laughs> Laz, um talk to us about the protection of rights and the issues and challenges that we we have here in South Africa when it comes to copyright for dramatic, artistic, and literary works. But also, as you say, you're on your way to Brussels for, with um, organizations that are doing similar work with you. Um, how this impacts globally, how we think about it globally as well. Michelle, um, we are at a very uh, challenging time in the life of copyrights and uh, in IP in general, intellectual property. Yeah. Because as you can imagine, uh, the challenge these challenges are brought on by technology, by the digital world, mm -hmm. where uh, things are so easy to move around, to copy, to send to friends, to send to colleagues without... Um, a thought of the creator of that work. Yeah. How they are compensated for all of that. While we enjoy their works, are they in a position to sustain themselves and create even more work for us to enjoy? So, so we, we, we really are at a, at a, at a, at a, at a, in a challenging phase of, of technology. Mm. And as I say, of, the, of, of, of digitization, but the, 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 the creators, the authors, the, the artists are the ones that are suffering at the moment because they find themselves and their works being um, 
pirated, copied, uh, you name it. So how let's let's look at the the old fashioned route, um, how we looked at how an artist created work, and it's not just music. I mean, we, you you know the fact that you are Delroy does look at um, uh, literature, it looks at artistic works, it looks at music, it looks at theatre, and it would be interesting for you to maybe just explain the journey very briefly. What would have happened in the 1950s? What would have happened in the 1980s? What would have happened in 2000? And now, as you say, we're on the, on, the, on the edge of either a precipice or just a complete shift in how we think about creativity. Yeah, just one point. Um, Dalro actually does not look at music. We do. Oh, Samro. Sorry, Samro knows music. My yeah, apologies. Samro does the music, yeah. does the music side. So we do, however, look after musicals, mm. which uh, grand, grand rise in musicals, which the combination of music and uh, performance yeah. together, and and we do we do uh, look after that. But to go to your question, yeah. So the easiest part would have been. Uh, the grand old days when <laughs> an, an author wrote a book, it was in a bookshop, and everybody that needed to read went and bought it. That was the easy part. Or a, 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 a dramatist wrote a play, produced it, and it was staged in a theater, and people went, paid for a ticket, sat down, and watched the play and so on and so on. And artists would pay, paint or make a sculpture. And if you want it, you pay for it, or you went to a museum to look at it, leave it there, or you went to a gallery to see it, etc. Then um, somewhere in between, and I, I won't stick to your to, to dates. <laughs> in between came the Xerox machine. Yeah. And you now saw a book you thought, I like the book, but not enough to buy it. I just want to use a chapter of it. Then you made a copy of that, of that book. And that's where then the organizations like Dalro came in to actually license that, that uh, activity to say, yes, you may not want to buy the whole book, but if you're going to use the, the, the book and make copies of extracts of the book to, to under certain conditions, you still need to uh, remunerate the artist. Yeah. And you pay a fraction of what you would have paid for, for the whole book. And and uh, uh, pre-prographic rights organizations, RROs as we call them, the Dalro-like organizations would then collect that money and uh, give uh, distribute it to the author. And, and obviously, the, if in, in the case of a book, the publisher. Yeah. Um, and then came the digital world hmm. and now, so I'm, I'm really fast tracking, yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah. about it. Uh, then came the digital world and then it's a link, it's a download, um, and however many, it's a PDF, it's a JPEG, all of those things have brought on new problems now. Mm. So it is no longer someone standing in the photocopy machine counting pages where we know so many pages were, 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 were copied, etc. Uh, now um, it's very easy to create a PDF of a whole book, send it to friends if you like you, you like the book and you, you send them to your friends, to can send them to hundreds and thousands uh, of friends if you so like. And guess what? 
the the author then loses uh, all of that uh, in 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 that mix. So while uh, digitization and technology has been a boon for for society at large, uh, it's becoming a challenging solution, and we need to find the solutions for keep our to to sustain our creative space, our our creativity, our culture, on uh, you know all of that. We need to create to to be. You know, I always say that the nation that does not look after its um, creative people, after its artists, has no culture. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Lazarus, you are um, talking about something which is hugely challenging because, you know, there, there are so many different modes of how we can take on uh, culture and not pay for it. I'm thinking about myself. I mean, I'm on Twitter and every week uh, as part of my show, I might use an artwork. Now, what happens in that case? Because when the artwork is used on Twitter, I mean, I think today I tweeted a Vincent van Gogh picture as part of wow. the, the promotion for Twitter, for, for the show. Okay. Then the question becomes, A, what happens to um, those kinds of issues? And I suppose, B, I know in the art world, what happens when people use images of artworks maybe on the covers of books or in 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 in, in the secondary uh, economy like the auction yeah. world how does yeah. that work um so exactly that's that is where we we come in that is exactly what we're talking about what Jalro does yeah. so um as you correctly point out we look after those rights in the secondary market so in the primary market, the artist will have put up the, the, the painting, uh, sold it to, to you, Michelle, it's hanging on your wall, and you own that uh, painting, mm. the physical painting. The copyright in that painting remains with the artist. Yeah. It remains with, uh, with Van Gogh uh, in this instance. And if you are going to use it to put onto a cover of a book or into a magazine, into an advert, etc. You need permission to so, do so, that. So it's where mm -hmm. I would make money out of it. Yeah, okay. where you're going to use it commercially. Yeah. Right. So there are exceptions where, for personal use, uh, the the public is allowed uh, to use uh, copyrighted works for personal use, for criticism, for for critique, for uh, teaching, etc. Uh, without having to get to get the license, but the, those are very limited. Yeah. And uh, they should not compete with the interests of the author or the artist, i.e. to do not create a situation where the artist would have earned money, but does not because of your activity. So, but you can do research, you can do uh, 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 learning, you can, you, you know, for that purpose, for personal use, you are allowed to do that. So it's not that restrictive, but the minute you do it commercially, especially, Mm. Uh, and and uh, you put it in an advert to generate income. You uh, you you put it on a on the cover of a book, yeah. or you put it on the cover of uh, on on t-shirts to sell. Yeah. When we've seen all of these things, right? So that requires uh, permission. So talking about auction houses, for instance, they do take out license. We do license them uh, for that purpose for 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 putting uh, the works in the catalogs. As you know, catalogs are a very big part of mm. auction 
uh, at auction houses. Yeah. But all the, the works that go into the catalogs are, are, are permitted, uh, correct. I mean, not, not in all instances, but generally speaking, yes, they, 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 they do. Uh, uh, we have relationships as dealt with auction houses where when the catalogs come out, they, do, they furnish us with copies of the catalog. We invoice them and we collect uh, from the auction houses and distribute to the artists or their heirs are apparent. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned, we were talking about Vincent van Gogh earlier, and one of our um, listeners is saying, um, what about items that are more than 50 years old? Um, I understand that they would then be out of copyright. Is there kind of an age limit to copyright? Yes, copyright is limited, certainly. It is not the items that are 50 years old that are out of copyright. They have to be, it's, it's copyright subsists in any work for 50 years after the death of the artist. Ah. So you only start counting the 50 years uh, in general terms after the artist has died. It's from the end of the year that the artist died, yeah. then you count 50. Then 50 it's years. another 50 yes. after that. Okay, that yeah. makes so that. You're still in copyright for another 50 years. Afterwards. Yeah. Lazarus, I mean, this is such an interesting kind of question around when we describe copyright. Um, yeah. What could we actually be saying? So I'm thinking, for example, of, um, I know that one of your guests a little bit later will be the artist, fabulous artist, Blessing Ngumeni. Now, yes. if I go and I buy one of Blessing's works, which he's doing very well with, I have to add. I don't think I could afford one of his works anymore. <laughs> but anyway, if I go and buy one of Blessing's works and I hang it on the wall, now it's, it might be an, it's an oil painting. So now yes. I own the painting, but he owns the copyright. It yes. doesn't mean, though, that he can do that exact painting again, or does it? He can, uh, not exactly. The, the good thing about artwork is the chances of him doing exactly the same thing are quite mm. slim, uh, you know, uh, but uh, generally he, he can. And sometimes uh, artists will produce things in editions. Of. Yes. So there'll be an edition of five, an edition of 10, etc., or in a series, yes. which means they are quite similar, uh, if not the same, but the editions are, are, are multiples of the one painting, which is then created uh, in numbers, so he can he can do that, and yeah. often uh, though it is it is kind of now step in the in the realm of ethics, you know to the, that is done primarily prior to the sale. So by the time you buy it, you ought to know that it is one of five, yeah. or one of ten, and yours is number three, yes, or number ten. Yeah. So that gives it credibility to say that it is a limited edition. We have seen works that are editions that are unlimited, i.e. they go on and on and on. But um, when the, when you purchase that, you would know that it's an unlimited edition. So the chances of walking into a grandmother's house and it's hanging there as well yeah. you know, uh, is, is very high. Yeah. And therefore, its value will come down. I mean, that's exactly it, is that, I mean, you say it is, it, it does then position the artist in the space of ethics, but also yeah. what it does then is it um, minimizes the artist's value for sure. So for sure. that's like uh, something really valuable, <laughs> I suppose, to know. But what, know that what makes um, uh, works like Blessings work so valuable, as you can imagine, is that I, I doubt that even he would be able to replicate it. Absolutely. From, uh, as, a, as an original. 
I very much doubt that he would be able to replicate it. (laughs) Lazarus, uh, you've chosen as your second song Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, and I'm I'm interested that you chose the original. It's a song that has been, I mean, you talk about copyright. It's a song that has been covered by so many different artists. I think it was Jeff Buckley who um, really cracked in and made that first cover, but I could be wrong. Um, you, why did you go for the very first, the original? Because I'm a Leonard Cohen fan. Ah. Um, <laughs> and I think you'll realize that from the choice of uh, songs this morning, there's there's something common about the two um, stalwarts and the, uh, the two artists. They are what you could call, not not they don't have perfect pitch in singing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as... Um, my, my my friend uh, uh, and author Bongani Madondo wrote yeah. when uh, uh, Leonard Cohen passed away that he he actually sings with the voice of the devil himself. At least uh, I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing Madondo. Yeah. I'm sure he, he put it much better than that. But, but that... it was a stunning stunning uh, tribute he paid for Leonard Cohen to, to Leonard Cohen, and 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 it was it said something like that. And, and 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 that's a kind of voice that appeals to me that is imperfect let's listen to the beauty of imperfection i almost feel like we need to give that maybe a few beats of silence after that um you know you talk about copyright and then there's also the true original and without doubt that version of hallelujah by leonard cohen is the true original is it not lazarus Indeed, it is. It's a, it's an original in in many ways. Is that that voice can be replicated? Yeah. That song has been done uh, many times, precisely because it is so good. And and sometimes uh, copying is the is is the ultimate uh, uh, praise, yeah. as they say. You know, uh, just just the, the 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 genius of Leonard Cohen. You know, what's interesting is, I, as I said, said earlier, I've heard so many different covers of that song, and I think it's become, um, I don't want to say trite, but it's, it's become quite trite. I mean, I recently heard a young, a young teenager, a 16-year-old girl singing it, and I couldn't really, it, it, I felt nothing for it. And I think it's when I go back to listening to Leonard Cohen singing it, as you say, I mean, uh, to misquote uh, Bongani, Bongani Madondo, not, not perhaps not the voice of the devil, but whew, it's the voice of, of, of many years of experience of pain, of um, authenticity, if one wants to call it that. I mean, yes. that's a gift, eh? It is a gift, and um, it is a yeah, like the one gift uh, that we have as a people. That we have scribes, we have authors, we have artists like Leonard Cohen. Like Huma Sigela, yeah. like Lisiko Tabi, uh, like uh, Blessing Gobeni, as you as you say, that are original, and that we somehow need to look after them. We've got to look after what they do. It's you've you've nailed it. You've just nailed the way into our first guest. I made a note here, and I and I put a big circle around saying, moving into true originals. And uh, our first guest is your first guest, Lesejo Tlabi. Of course, she is a true original. What was the, one of the reasons you wanted her to come on board as your guest? 
as I've already said, because I find them so brave in this world of political correctness that hmm. we've come to live in, that she 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 can really uh, pull the horse by the by the tail. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's brave uh, enough. And and you know my my uh, brief was to bring someone family uh, community. Uh, a colleague, etc., yes. and my disclaimer is: Lesefo is family to me, and I've seen her grow, and I've seen her grow into this lovely, creative, uh, as I say, brave uh, and original person. Lesefo Sabi, we've got you on the line. Always great to have you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Hi, Uncle Lazi. I don't know if I'm supposed Hello. to call you Uncle Lazi on radio. So let me let me let's go with the Uncle Lazi and this idea of family and community. As um, Lazarus correctly said, we always ask our guests to choose people that may not be directly in their own world, but by the very nature of the world that they're in. They make our lives better, more interesting, more thought-provoking, and we do start to see what that joining of the dots could be. Uh, if I may, Lesejo, I'd love to know how you see the dots being joined with uh, Uncle Lazi, Lazarus, but also with um, what it means to be an original in a world where, as he says, someone who is able to brave and go against what uh, is political correctness. Uh, oh, Lazarus, I think we've uh, lost her. We're going to try and get her back on the line. She is on Zoom, um, but it appears that uh, she is still trying to get on the line, or I'll just have to find out what is going on. Lazarus, while we wait to find out what is going on and go further with the uh, conversation, I want to take you very briefly back to the protection of rights in a time of um, when we say uh, technology and also the ideas of common uh, creative commons as well. Maybe you could explain creative commons to our listeners and also just explain to us a little further the idea of um, where we need to go with technology. I mean, we can't sit the next 10 years trying to figure out how to do this. Michelle Constant on SAFM. Our guest today is Lazarus Sorobi, the Managing Director of South Africa's Dramatic Artistic and Literary Rights Organization, Delro. His first guest is Lesejo Tlabi. We do fortunately have her back on the line. But uh, Laz, if I may just briefly get um, that, that comment from you with regards to the protection of rights. We know there's creative commons. We know there's technology. And as I said, we can't go through another decade of not being able to figure out how we protect the rights of our creatives. What are some of the answers you're hoping to come up with uh, as you go to Brussels uh, in the next couple of days? Okay. We still don't seem to have either. That's a very... Hello, can you hear oh, me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Hello, Lazarus. Okay. <laughs> Hi, sorry. I got kicked off and then I think when I came back, it was muted. All good. Yeah. Uh, so, so the international... Um, IP community is obviously 
from WIPO in the United Nations to organizations like ours on the ground are trying to find these solutions and, and working hard and at speed. But as you know, technology outpaces everyone. Hmm. Yep. And, and by the time solutions are found, we're almost um, found begging. Uh, but we, we continue to do that. But for us, the most important thing is education. Is yeah. make, people becoming aware, people getting that sense that nothing is free. So that that piece of work that you think you got for free, when you PDF uh, Liseko's book and send it to friends and they getting it for free, somebody has paid for that. Somebody yeah. has, 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 has paid sometimes blood and sweat from a creator's perspective. It's taken many uh, hours and days and months of writing yes. for your yeah. enjoyment. And, and just like, uh, you know, copyright is, uh, intellectual property is property. So just like your own house where you, you didn't want anyone to come and live there to, in the guise of, let, of, of letting it and not paying rent. Yeah. You, the, 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 the author of the, of the work also needs to be compensated for your use of, of the work if it's beyond what you've paid for by buying the book at, at, a, at, a, at a bookshop. If I listen to you, Lazarus, I get the sense that actually what the work that has to be done is, is around advocacy and lobbying as opposed to just finding a tech answer or a technology answer that's going to say every time you uh, PDF that book or whatever, that this is about, this is an ethical question. It's a moral and ethical question. Yes, it is indeed. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lobbying, it's a teaching, it's a educating, it's holding one another's hands and saying, as I said, we, if we don't look after our creatives, then we will be left with no culture at all. We, we, we will, will be known as, a, or rather will become unknown, actually. No yeah. one will ever know who we are because we, we, we lack that, that culture. We lack uh, uh, history. We lack uh, somebody that is commenting about who we are at any particular time yeah. and feeling that they are worthy. Yeah. Okay, we do have uh, Lesejo Tlabi. Her alter ego is, of course, as many people know, coconut cults, but we have Lesejo with us today. And uh, she is much, much more than her alter ego on the line. Lesejo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So, Lesejo, just picking up on what Lazarus has said now, this idea that you could write a book and next thing everybody PDFs, it. It might make you more famous, but it's not going to make you any wealthier you were than when you started writing it. What is the kind of... Um, yeah. Go for it. Sorry? No, you were going to, I could see you were going to jump in there. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, only because um, I do understand, you know, obviously intellectual property is important and, you know, preserving things and making money. But I do think sometimes like work like mine, for instance, I do wish to share. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important for it to have as many eyes as possible because I do deal with topics of race, of politics, yeah. um, of sort of privilege. Um, so I'm not really there against sharing it with, you know, the right intentions, um, especially because I do know that some of the work that I've written has been studied at schools and stuff like that. And not a lot of people can afford to also get their hands on it the right way. Yeah. Um, so for those, there are some reasons why I do think 
you know, it's okay to share because it's more important for the message to get out there. It's more important for as many people to read it. Um, but yeah, I think obviously there are people who do it um, for more dubious reasons. And it is important to for writers, especially because writing is not a very lucrative, you know, way to make money. So it is important to protect the rights um, of writers just because it's already such a, a difficult industry to break through. It's a difficult industry to make a, a lot of money from. Um, so in that way, preserving, you know, um, intellectual property is important. How does it work with a comedian? Um, you know, they, you, you, you come up with a, with a skit or a joke or a, a comment or whatever the case may be. Do you then own that or does it, is that part of Creative Commons where it just belongs to the public domain? Um, I do own certain, I mean, there are phrases that have come to become popular through me, not that I've made them up, but that they've become popular and um, familiar with my brand. Yeah. And I did have uh, an, a company, a brand that tried to use those phrases with a similar character, but without using me or paying huh. me. Um, and very swiftly, you know, we got on the on the case and the, the ad was removed um, because it was very clear that they were trying to have a likeness to coconut curls using the same lingo, using the same kind of jokes, but without then having to pay coconut curls or use coconut curls in the ad. So, yeah, you, once you have, you know, a certain amount of, I guess, clout or you have a certain amount of following, then there are certain things that if they become famous because of you or they become particular to your brand that you can have ownership over, even if not necessarily with a copyright law, but because people know sort of if coconut curls says, think about it, or she says, kebenga, yeah that immediately yeah. comes up as something that's familiar to me. So it is very clear that, you know, that brand was trying to um, take advantage of using the coconut curls likeness without having to use coconut curls. And so the, there we got to, you know, have them remove the ad. I mean, Lazarus Lisejo is raising such an interesting thing. So there's there's the, the spoken word or the written word, which would be... Um, coconut cult says a b c d but there is coconut cults which is also a um copyright is is it a copyright in its own right it's a brand it's a character how does that work it's it's my brand and character thing as you say and uh would probably fall more into the performance uh sector so with copyright remember that um you cannot copyright an idea there's no copyright in, a, in an idea. It is that translation of that idea into material form that yeah. makes it copyrightable and protectable. So when when Seho has an idea in her head, it's not uh, 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 protected, but the minute she performs it and it's recorded, it's captured somehow, or she writes a script down uh, in, in, in any way, then that is a, a matter of copyright and it is big. And this was something very important, though, that I think we should not confuse with uh, with uh, protection, is that the the creator, Lisekwa, as an author, has every right. That is actually her exclusive right to grant permission to people to utilize her works, and that's exactly yeah. what we're emphasizing. It is her right. It is not the third party's My right as, uh, the, as the audience, as an audience to then appropriate it. Yeah. So she, she's just giving two clear indications. So in one instance, she wants uh, people to use it, school schools to use her work. Mm. Fantastic. But the minute somebody else uses it inappropriately, she's able to say, "Hey, stop it," uh, because it is it is her right to grant that permission. 
to anyone, yeah. whether it is granting the permission to the school kids where she wants to and grant not grant permission to uh, a corporate entity that wants to appropriate her work uh, unbecomingly. So we do have to go to a break, but Lesejo, when we come back, um, maybe what you could also just identify further for our listeners, taking what Lazarus has said, I mean, it's a really interesting thought, is that it's such a kind of, it's, it's such a fine line that you, that you walk. I mean, on the one side of that line, there is the commercial, but then on the other side of that line, there is your purpose, which may be, it may be different. You might be able to use the commercial to drive your purpose, but you may be able to just put your purpose, as you say, into the schools, into spaces where you think it's critical. So when we come back, I'd love to know how you do manage to walk that line. I mean, I imagine that there is some kind of model, if not a business model, then certainly a purpose model, if we could talk about that in a moment. Testing one, two, one, two. The second season of The Unplug is here. Music on log. Catch The Unplugged every Saturday at 6 p.m. exclusively on SABC One. Zanzi for sure. Hi friends, it's me, Farida. The all new episodes of Takalani Sesame are ready for you. Yeah! Join Farida Matileng on Takalani Sesame. Weekdays at 3.30 on SABC Two. At SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. Our guest presenter is Lazarus Sorobe. We've uh, heard his music. We've got his first guest on the line, uh, who is Lesejo Tlabi. She is also known in the world as Coconut Cults, as her alter ego. But uh, we're talking about how you walk the line between commercial and between purpose. And, uh, I mean, sometimes the one pushes more forward, I imagine, than the other. Lesejo, how do, you, how do you manage that? Do you have a manager to manage it, or do you manage it in terms of what you believe in? Um, I don't even think I manage it. Like, a lot of what happened in my career happened to me rather than me planning it this way. <laughs> um, because when I started Coconut Cows, it was more just me addressing some of the people that I might have gone to school with yes. um, and trying to speak about issues that were important to me in a way that I thought they would listen to. So I didn't actually think that there was a career out of doing what I was doing until people started approaching me to then make a career out of it. So yeah. even when I make videos now, it's very much purpose driven. There are some times where obviously I'll do a collaboration with a brand and um, you know make a video that way. But I'm also very insistent that the, the essence of Kells is in every single project I do. If we're not going to be able to address race, if we're not gonna be able to address politics, then there's no point in me just selling your product because I'm not just a comedian for comedy's sake. I'm a comedian for satire's sake. Um, so for me, everything I do is led with the purpose. I literally only do cows when I feel very uh, sort of incensed by something that's happened in the news, mm. when I feel very passionate about something that's going on in South Africa, that's when I make a video. So it's not just because I'm trying to make people laugh or because I want people yeah. to, you know, ha- you know, have people on my page. It's literally because there's something that's happened in politics or in the news that I feel very strongly about and that I feel the reaction from maybe white people um, yeah. has not been so great. And so uh, that's what I performed. Um, it's just very lucky for me that I suppose it has become something that I can make money from. But like I said, I will never ever collaborate with a brand that I don't believe in. Yeah. I'll never ever do work that doesn't allow me to still perform the satire and still go far and push it there. Um, unless, yeah, so that's why I think for me it's still purpose-driven, even when I do things that are more for the commercial sake. 
We're going to close off with you, Lisejo. I'm worried that we're not going to get to uh, Laz's next guest. But if I may ask you this, when we think of the difference between comedy and satire, I often feel like anybody who is involved in satire has to have a certain amount of bravery that you might not need if you're a comedian. Because it does talk to um, what Lazarus was saying earlier about the ability to just go forward and be brave and uh, not simply uh, align to political correctness or to what certain people or races believe in. What does bravery mean for you? It's actually really cool and weird that I get called brave because I think for me it's it's something that I just, it's very natural to me to speak up about certain issues. Um, and I've been doing it since I was in school. Sometimes I get in trouble for it, <laughs> but it's very much just yeah. a part of my personality. So I don't know that I'm performing bravery or that I'm being brave rather than just being myself and that the person that I happen to have become is just someone that is maybe more outspoken than than other people. Um, but for me, this is just how I I am. I don't, I don't think wrong? I... I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel nervous about it. I don't feel scared. I don't feel like it's a, a thing of courage. I just, it's very natural to me. Lazarus, you mentioned earlier that uh, you thought Lesejo was brave in how she approached the world. How do you see bravery? I think it is uh, exactly as Lesejo says it. I mean, uh, like most things, if you set out to do something, if it's in your, then you are, you are, it's not you. You are playing, you are playing it up. You know, bravery is that innate feeling. It's that innate response to things, uh, the way you relate to the world. Yeah. And and you either have it or you don't. Yeah, courage, maybe. Courage. Yeah. Lesecha, I want to say thanks so much for joining us. Uh, a tweet from one of our listeners, Janet, saying, a coconut cults is superb, best host of the Simon Sabella Awards just over a year ago. So funny and smart. So there we go. Lazarus, your second guest, uh, the artist Blessing Ngobeni doing extraordinary work, um, incredibly insane artworks, actually. Uh, why have you chosen him? Uh, again, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of young people doing great things. Mm. I, I follow and, the, and, and just being in the realm of young creatives doing great things makes me wake up in the morning. And Blessing mm. is one of those that um, make, you know, uh, forces me to get out of bed to go make sure the world treats, treats him and his likes right. Wow. That's an amazing thing to say. Wow. Blessing, you're on the line. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it enormously. What good is... morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Blessing, you? you hear Lazarus say that uh, it's people like you and the work that you create that makes him get up and shift and change the world around copyright. What does it mean for you to have someone like Adelro in your corner in terms of the work that you do? Uh, I think for me, uh, as, as a creative individual, you know, um, I've, been, I've been struggling with so many things uh, in terms of the rights, the law, you know, of art in, in general, you know. Mm. Uh, and then for me, when when I got introduced to um, Lazi Lazi and the and the Darro team, uh, it was a great opportunity for me to also raise uh, my things that were like things that happened in the past. You know, uh, for instance, uh, there were moments where I uh, a board of my work was taken for consignment. I never got anything, and then it, it disappeared on the air. But because I did not have the right people to 
talk to, give me advice on how to claim those things, hmm. I lose that board of work. But, um, you know, having them, you know, uh, coming to, to, to help me, uh, it, it created uh, like a sense of, you know, where I, 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 own, I own back my rights of my creativity ideas, you know, to not uh, be taken like for nothing, you know. Uh, they helped me in so many ways, in such a way that uh, if he says uh, he is my fan, you know, I'm like, I'm his fan too, because <laughs> the job that he's doing for me is like a great job. I mean, mm. uh, I'm just imagining how many uh, artists out there that uh, their work has been taken for nothing, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about book covers, uh, anything that is featured in a book or to anyone that might use you or your work uh, for, for, for their advertisement and all these other things that is happening. And then at the end of the day, you don't get anything, you know, to just respect uh, the beginning of that work, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for me, it's, it's a great thing to have people like him around me so that they can guide, guide me, you know, whenever if somebody uh, requests uh, to, uh, for a usage of anything of me, before I do anything, I consult uh, and then I connect that that, that person with uh, Darro so that they can, uh, you know, put it in the right position uh, for usage, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, they will come back to me and say, this is uh, the steps that you should follow in one, two, and three. Of course, there's these other ones that are off, uh, like the, for educational purposes, you know, people that they want uh, to be done for, you know, outreach program and these other things, which I, I just consult and then like, no, if you think it's fine, let them use for that day, you know, which is a good thing because you have a person to guide you before you take a decision, which is uh, uh, the Dalro and the team. I'm going to stop you right there, Blessing. I'm afraid we have run out of time. Guess what, Lazarus? We literally only have one minute. One minute. And... <laughs> I know that uh, The House of Truth by Spriwo Mahala, amazing, is one of your favorite theatrical productions, but also Evita. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, um, I suppose, crazy like that. <laughs> one of the things I like, sometimes I'm, I'm even embarrassed to say in public. So, Would I do, you, I do. Do, you, do you know all the lyrics to Evita? Um, when I was younger and my memory worked better, I did, but not anymore. There's uh, too much. The, 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 the hard drive is full. The hard drive is full. It's a pity because you, and you're probably lucky because I was going to say, why don't you sing us out with Evita? But Oh, you don't want, you don't want that. <laughs> Lazarus Sorobe, Managing Director of Delroy, South Africa's dramatic, artistic and literary rights organization, doing incredible work to ensure that our artists are recognized, paid, and acknowledged in every possible way. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for the news. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.